Julian, isn't this exciting? Episode 42, and we're doing it in person for the very first time. Well, no, we were in person in your living room. Were we? We did, yeah. Can't remember that one, Julian. Yeah, this must be the dementia setting in. (laughs) Thank you, Julian. So today we're going to do, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, Venice, uh, Florida. Right. And high school football, both of which I've had recent experience of. You're in the town of Venice in Florida. What what have you made of it, Michael? Well, it's very pleasant, isn't it? First of all, we should talk about the weather. Mm-hmm. The weather is absolutely gorgeous, a very pleasant temperature. Yeah. We've got easy access to the beach. We've got the sea. We're just back from beach yoga. So, favourably impressed with, with Venice, Florida. Good. And how was beach yoga? Well, perhaps you describe the beach yoga to, to our listeners. You know, what, well, does that, what does that feel like? One of the things about it being a a holiday resort or a a sunshine resort, shall we say, in Florida, the average age of the people on the beach was probably, what, 50 to 60, I would say. Although you make a lot of fun of my uh, advancing years, (laughs) I don't feel out of place here in Florida. In fact, I'm going to say I think I'm one of the young ones on on the beach. A mixture of male and females, very sociable. Um, And that's one of the traits I've already taken from Venice. uh, There's there's lots of activity going on. So you got the feeling that this was a community that met fairly regularly for yoga on on a morning. How many people are at the yoga? What, you know, just 40 or 50, would you say? I think it was, yeah, it was more yesterday. I counted over a hundred yesterday, but it was definitely Sunday and it's definitely, uh, definitely a smaller number today. And effectively, you've got the teacher in the middle and people around with their towels and their their Mm -hmm. water bottles. Yeah. And she talks you through the experience. Right. And then you see the beautiful blue sky above, and you can hear the lapping waves. Um, I'm not sure my my uh, yoga is sufficiently where I can appreciate the finer things. I'm, right. I'm more concentrating on the on the stretches. Not falling uh, over. Yeah, <laughs> not falling over. Although my balance was much better today. Wasn't yeah. the use of the sound. I mean, it is a bit more difficult, isn't it, to do the yoga on the sand? Yeah. You remember when I first did it, I uh, found myself surprised that I was struggling to, you know, to stay upright. But you know, having done it a few times now, it's uh, it's a lot more straightforward. But and when I do my yoga at home, because it's one on one to one session, albeit via via Zoom, I do get lots of feedback from the teacher in terms of normally encouragement to stretch that extra two or three inches or right. commenting on the poses what I've done or not done. Mm-hmm. Whereas this morning she was very clear in her instructions. Yes. But you constantly have to keep checking on people near you right. to make sure you're doing the right thing. And yes, sadly, you were standing next to Lorna, so uh, that may not have been all, all that much help. <laughs> well, no, no, uh, unlike yesterday, where yeah. only subsequently we discover that the woman <laughs> was uh, in front of me, who who seems to be one of the most supple people I've ever seen. Yeah, she, she was directly in front of me, and and she was she just folded, didn't she? It was like a piece of paper. She folded, and her head hit the sands where her legs were, and I looked at her, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, so, you know. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to do that. And then I looked to my right and I saw the, the three of you and I thought, oh, right, well, okay, I'm not doing so badly after yes, all. Yes, she wasn't, a, she wasn't in one way a good role model because as a no. former dancer and yoga teacher, right. she clearly knew all the moves. And, and right. it was a very good start to, to both days. Good. Okay, so what else have you been doing in, uh, in Venice? Well, we're going to have to start with the, um, 
somewhat misleading this julian but we we went to the railway depot museum um, and, <laughs> right. and, and actually what was good for me because it, it gave me a history of, 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 of venice right so it talked about you know how it started from a, a an orange grove how it was bought by a, a pension scheme right. um suffered in the property crash but it was saved by three things was it not julian there was the Arrival of 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 the army training. The, well, first of all, the arrival of the Kentucky Military Tra- Institute yeah. as a training school. Yeah, yeah. as a training school. Mm-hmm. Then the arrival of the Air Force. Of the uh, no, it was the army. Army, uh, uh, army Air Force. Yeah. yeah. And then, perhaps the most surprising one, the arrival of the circus. That's right. <laughs> Nothing improves a town like a circus coming to it. Um, as we were shown round the depot, which had an interesting little building, but you know. Um, not too much to, to, to look at. Uh, we were initially disappointed in being told that the, the circus car wasn't open. No. But latterly discovered it was open. And packed full of people. Packed full of people. Yeah. And therefore, Julian, you were able to do a bit of sensitivity training vis-a-vis your fear of clowns. Or No, no, I'm not fearful fear. of clowns. I, I just don't find them funny. I, I, as Ever since I was a child, I've always... Wonder what the point of clowns are. And then apologies to, you know, our clown loving audience, but I just don't like them. It's a shame because Venice was home to the world famous clown school. Yes. Uh, in the sixties, seventies and eighties and still has a, a retired uh, community for retired clowns. Can you imagine, that Can you imagine how <laughs> awful that would be to be in that lot of waiting room of, uh, you know, clowns who are 90-something all trying to make each other laugh. Yeah, also every morning when you see you and somebody and you get sprayed with water. Yeah, God, that would be dreadful. every time you sit down, you sit on a whoopee cushion, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, the Ringling Brothers Circus and uh, and the Barnum and Bailey Circus were based here. They had their winter home here. The reason that Venice had a train depot was that it was the way that the circus managed to travel throughout the US. And there were some terrific pictures, weren't there, of yeah. the circus. That So we're on Venice Island, and there are three bridges onto the island. And there was this wonderful picture of large number of elephants crossing the bridge. It was yeah. Yeah. absolutely tremendous picture from the 1960s. They recreated the end of the train carriage, the the, the room that the family of Gunter Gerber Williams, who, the man who certainly brought and trained the animal acts, right. which were so popular. And it was really a pictorial of his life. And I, when I looked at it, you thought how times had changed. So you, there was something like uh, Vic, uh, Dick Van Dyke was, was on it. And, right. and these sort of what I call variety shows. And, mm-hmm. and, and what he's doing is sticking his head inside of, sort of a, a tiger's mouth and uh, elephants standing on sort of chairs and things. I mean, it, it really was of a bygone age, you could see, but not that long ago, relatively speaking. No, yeah. no. The circus left town when the railway fell into disrepair. And I'd never been to the railway depot before. I don't know why I'd missed such a, uh, such a treat. (laughs) When the railway fell into disrepair, they uh, moved elsewhere. I don't know what they call them. What do they call those things that you see in? Push me, pull me. Push me, pull me. Those things that you see, um, you know, the silent film stars being chased by a train and the two, the two of them either side are pushing as hard as possible. Of course, it was really used for the maintenance work as a check of the track, weren't they? Indeed, yeah. yeah. They were, mm-hmm. And when he said to them, it took four of them to lift it off, I was a little incredulous thinking, hmm, that looks heavy to me. I know he, he said right, they, it did they, look they, heavy. The, the wheels were hollow, but you know, 
you need to be a fairly strong fellow to, to move a, what I would thought was a serious beat of kit. Okay. So coming back to as I touched on from the beach yoga, which was the social element, so far we've been to three events, yes. which, dare I say, it gets a sense that most of the community participated. Yeah. So Friday night, I don't know, it was, it was a, a walking down the, the shopping Main Street? Yeah, it was. A, they call it the Christmas Walk. Venice is quite unusual in having a traditional high street. They have a lot of events. They usually have a, a, at least one event a week in addition to the farmer's market, which encourage people into that shopping street. And on Friday night was the Christmas Walk. Palm trees are down the centre of the road and they are emblazoned with lights, aren't they? Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's a very attractive um, street to walk down in the evening. And with musicians playing and musicians singing. Musicians playing, and, at, and, yeah. and for some reason, Lorna was very attracted by the estate agent, wasn't she? Or the real agent. Why do you... Why do you... Yeah, but because they were giving out free champagne. <laughs> I think that was uh, <laughs> that was the reason. And, and I think I had, I had my very first, a, a first um, small drink of eggnog. Yes. Away, which I wasn't taken by, I have to say. No, you, you uh, threw it away into yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, many yeah, bins, yeah, yeah, didn't yes. you? I, mean, I thought it was a bit like um, Bailey's um, sort of cream. You remember that? So it's it's yeah. very cough. I appreciate what eggnog actually was. What is eggnog? Well, you're talking to somebody who hasn't drank alcohol since he was 18 years old. No. I think you're talking to the wrong person. So you don't know what is in that eggnog? I mean... Okay, no, the answer no, is I no, don't no, know. No, no. I mean, if I was had to guess, I would say that egg might be one of the ingredients. <laughs> a nog. Yeah, <laughs> a nog. <laughs> I mean, you can have, have too much nog, but I don't know about drinking raw egg. Well, I, I think it's got coffee in it, by the way. Has it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, mm. so that was the first thing, very sociable. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing, last night we saw the boat parade. And, yes. I, and I know because you, you you've reported previously that parades in Venice are not uncommon, are they? The previous weekend, there was the there was the Christmas parade. That was a fantastic parade, and I don't know how many floats there were. A couple of hundred, I would guess, and every single community organisation was out there parading, you know, what it was they did. Yeah. Uh, and that was a really... But unfortunately, you weren't there that weekend, no, so no. we couldn't go to that one. And, and the, but this week, we had a boat parade. parade. And before we go into that, tonight, or is it tomorrow night, there's a bike parade, is there not? There is a bike parade. So, so yeah. I get the sense that parades are a big feature in, in Venice. I, I don't think it's just Venice. Americans, they love a parade. Yeah. And uh, Lorna and I, we love a parade as well. And we yeah. actually like being in a parade as well as watching it. Oh, because we didn't, now, tell me, didn't Lorna star in one in Georgia as Housewife of the Year? Or Housewife something? of the Year. That's <laughs> yeah. a bit insulting. She was <laughs> She, and also, can I just say, there's no way on earth that Lorna would win Housewife of the Year. <laughs> um, no, she, she was, was she was year. elected Mother of the Year. Mother of the Year. Yes, uh, daughter number one, completely off her own bat, without my knowledge, or oh, maybe what did I did know, but um, Lorna didn't know. She wrote a letter to the uh, to the local organizer saying why her mother should be uh, Mother of the Year, Fine. and uh, she was elected Mother of the Year. At the time, I had a, an open-top sports car, and daughter number one drove the, the open-top car. Daughter number two was uh, by her side, and Lorna was in the back, perched on the the, the boot, the trunk, uh, waving to... And receiving know. the accolades of mother uh, of the year. I'm not sure it was all accolades. <laughs> I think there were quite a lot of mothers saying, why am I not mother of the oh, year? Looking yeah. very accusing <laughs> way at their uh, husbands about, you know, why they weren't elected mother of the year. And everyone was throwing candy to the crowd. So uh, we did that one. And then 
I've done a couple up in Ohio. A friend of mine is a judge there, which is an elected position. I've ridden a couple of times with him. It's just tremendous fun, you know, with you know tens of thousands of people in the crowd as you wave and they wave back at you. Tremendous thing to do. If you ever get a chance and you're in America and there's a parade, go along and see the parade. And if you're really lucky and you can be in a parade, that's even better. So returning to last night's boat parade. Yes. Um, so probably about about 30 or 40 boats. No, actually there were uh, uh, there were definitely at least 45 because yeah. they each had numbers on yeah. it and I saw a 45. Some very impressive Christmas decorations, weren't they? Yeah, yeah so everyone had taken their own boats. So most of them were leisure craft, but there were yeah. a few commercial boats and they decorated them. I think there was a Christmas theme. I think that yes. was right. Yes. And so some one boat had uh, had decorated itself as a Christmas Father Christmas hat, hadn't it? Yes, yes. Um, tremendous. I mean, look, just wonderful. And, and to give the listeners a, a perspective of size, some of these boats with their decorations were so big that they had to raise the bridge. Yes. Um, uh, now, what, how high would the bridge be above the canal? What, when it's down? Yeah. Fairly high, yeah. but yeah, I mean, some of them were really extended. Yeah, 30, 40 feet. Like the yeah. Christmas tree yeah. one yeah. was... Yeah. Um, yeah, so what did you think? Did you enjoy the experience? So I did, just I set, did. Let's set the scene then. So yeah. how did we watch it? Now I need to tell our audience that I, I think there's a Germanic influence in Julian because yeah. he put our chairs down, what, uh, probably seven, eight hours before the event? Last week's parade, there were chairs out before the parade five days before the event. Five days. And we didn't do that. And then we came along to the parade and then there was nowhere for us to sit. So it was quite uncomfortable. This week... Yes. I learnt my lesson, but there was a rule. You couldn't put your chairs down until 8 in the morning. Right. So I was there at 8 in the morning, was not first by a long no. by a long stretch. You think some people had broken the rule then? They were there before 8? I think there were people who oh. did it the night before. And I put our four chairs out, uh, which meant we had a very nice position. We had a fantastic vet, yeah. uh, uh, position to watch the parade. And then we had a, a hamper full of... Um, uh, of champagne, well, yeah, didn't we? We? Yeah. we had a few glasses because we probably sat there what for about an hour or longer before. Yeah, the boats probably. Arrived. Well, we are at the end of the route, so yeah. the route starts up in Osprey and then comes down to the end of Venice, and we were towards the end of the route. So I think we had to wait, yeah, almost an hour till the first yeah. boat got through. But it didn't seem to worry anyone. They no, were knocking no. back the champagne. And no, and, and and then when the boats arrived, not only did you see the lights. Most of them had some sort of musical accompaniment. They, they did, yeah. yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Most of them were sort of Christmas yeah. oriented. And they shout out to the, the well wishers, and the well wishers shout back. And yeah. It's very, very communal. Uh, actually, not much dialogue amongst those on the side. So most people were kept themselves themselves, didn't they? Uh, I think we covered tailgating in a previous yeah. episode, and I think there's a form of tailgating which goes on at these type of events. There was a party next to us, quite a large party. Mm. They were obviously socialising. They were like different households and they were socialising yeah. together. And I think I said last night that it's comparatively rare to be invited to somebody's house. Usually socialising yeah. happens on a neutral venue. And I think this was a suitable neutral venue for people to get together. But they don't tend to socialise between groups. So we didn't really have much to do with the people next to us. 
no commercial activity. Nobody selling popcorn, or no. uh, which uh, yeah, it surprises me because in the UK you would probably get somebody selling these luminous wristbands that you you wear at the side. Yes, no, and the, and the the main parade the week before, no commercial activity yeah. either. It's um it's just a community activity, and I mean I think a lot of American towns have very strong communities. And then we had a little bit of an accident, didn't we, Julian? Did we? Yes, we did. Do you know him? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Lorna was so... Um, uh, Intoxicated by the event. Yes, that's right. Yes, she was... Overcome with emotion. Yeah, she was overcome as a newt. And um, <laughs> and she toppled over, almost falling into the uh, into the canal. And, and then blamed us for not saving her. Well, I think it might have been our raucous laughter, uh, which, uh, which did that. So that was... The, the boat parade, an excellent parade. And something I, I suspect, had I been told beforehand, do you want to go to a boat parade? If I'd not been, you know, right. yeah, I don't know, said, well, not really. You know, <laughs> but an experience. But there are some other things. What about, did you enjoy the boat trip we took uh, on Thursday? Oh, yes, I'd, I'd forgot about that, Julian. Yeah. Yes, we, 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 now, now you need, what, what, what's the, the name of the waterway between the sea and the land? Intracostal. Intracostal. So we spent the, the basically the day, the morning yeah. and afternoon, cruising. We um, obviously landed the boat. Yeah, so we rented a boat, uh, which is easy to do yeah. if you're born after 1987, I think it is. Then you can just rent a boat as you would do a car. And I think you need to explain when, when we say a boat, because I think most of our listeners will ah. have, have a view of a fairly traditional boat, won't they? Oh, yeah. This was a pontoon. We rented a pontoon, which is, uh, I think it takes about 12 people. And there's, it's around the outside. There are lots of pretty comfortable yeah. sofas. It's fairly easy to do if you are traveling to America and you've got a little bit of confidence and you can drive a car, uh, then you can drive a boat. Yep. We went exploring in the, uh, so not in the Gulf, the waterway between yep. the islands, the barrier islands and the mainland. Yeah. We explored some of those communities, yep. we went on a beach, yep. we... Um, Looked at people's big houses, saw dolphins. Plenty of dolphins, yeah, 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 and lots of birds, and which I, I love the birds. So, yeah. um, and, and then, are we going to talk about the fishing? You can talk about the fishing. I well, don't think... We're not particularly nourished by the fishing. No, well, no, no. Mm. It, it, it was interesting to observe the uh, what I would see the lack of patience of the fishermen and women throwing the, the shrimps out and then within 30 seconds complaining there were no fish there biting, uh, which is completely alien to my view of right. fishing, where mm-hmm. I'm used to men sitting in a riverbank for hours all night. So we'd rented quite a high-spec boat. This boat had a very handy fish finder, didn't it? Yeah. It had um, I don't know how they do it, through a mixture of camera and sonar, I guess. they uh, You could see what was beneath the boat. Yeah. So you could see whether there were fish there. We'd been on boats which had had that before, mm. you know, when we were out with professional captains, but we'd never had one of these toys ourselves. So we were fairly convinced from looking at this that there were no fish, <laughs> which is why I gave up and tried to move so quickly. You can't catch a fish if, there aren't, if they aren't there, Michael. As you kept on telling us. Yeah. The, the other very useful thing, and uh, was surprising, given what appeared to be a vast expanse of water, where, you, know, mm-hmm. you, 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 it's almost as far as the eye that you can see yeah. is water, but the actual depth was relatively shallow, wasn't it? You know, yeah, well, it, was in, it was in low tide yeah, when yeah, we went yeah. out. So, uh, well, I mean, yeah. six and four feet. Yeah. Which the, this little 
back um, box of tricks was telling us. Oh yeah, it was it yeah. was excellent at telling you exactly yeah. where you were and showing you the uh, the routes that previous boats yeah. had taken. And but the experience generally, I mean, did you did you feel relaxed? From oh that? yeah, absolutely uh, yes. Especially if you lived here, would you get your own boat? Do you think? I'm not sure. I, I think I I I tend to hire one. I mean, mm. so, so you know, I'm going to say like boats or like horses or things. They they take a lot of care, don't they? You've got to look after them. Yeah. So I, I'm sort of person. I prefer to just use them, and then give them back. Yes. I don't need to have the. Well, you're with um, my father-in-law there. He takes the view that there are only two happy times you have as a boat owner: <laughs> when you first buy one, and then when you sell it. <laughs> so. Um, and he's speaking from bitter experience. He is he? speaking from bitter experience of having been a multiple boat uh, yeah. owner. So have I missed anything else out? About well, the beach, you haven't really... So the dog beach, did you like the dog beach? Um, I did not like the dog beach. I, I thought it was a good idea for people with dogs. Mm-hmm. I don't think... If I didn't have a dog, I don't think I would go there, of no, course. No, um, no, And again, this sort of communal aspect, the sort of people taking their dogs and chatting. You know, mm-hmm. you, I got the sense that a lot of people do that on a regular basis. I'm presuming oh, yeah. they've seen the mo- same people most of the time. Yeah, well, actually, you recognise their dogs first yeah. rather than the person. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, after a period of time, you get to know them. And, talk and the to beaches them. here are nice. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, oh, we were over this morning. It's be- beautiful sound. And, yeah. You, know, you, you well see why. Well, is it really a holiday resort, is it? Because you were saying that um, Venice has only got, what, two... Uh, hotels. Well, well, on the islands, there are only two, maybe three that I can think of, and they're all, uh, one of them's very nice on, on the front, and the other two are slightly more downtrodden. In neighboring communities, there are some other hotels that this coast we know very well. This community, it's restricted the number of hotels that can be here. And then secondly, it restricts renting to a minimum period of one month. Yeah. So if you want to come here, You've either got to get into one of the hotels or you've got to rent for a month, which is yeah. you know, three weeks longer than most people's holiday. Yeah. So it attracts uh, more of a community rather than transient people. Whereas some of the other neighboring communities, you can rent by the day or by the week. And because you can earn a lot more money that way, the community has fled. Yeah. And, and, and this, is, this may be a difficult question to answer, but it, it, if you look to the overall balance between what I call people living here and those people who come for the long-term stays, like the snowbirds, people who come for the win- for, to avoid the winter in yeah. the north. What, what's the split of the town? I mean, do you notice it's very different in the, in the winter? There's so, many more people than, say, in the so, summer. So, yeah, so there's a season, and the season runs from January to March. That's the core season. And then there's an extended season from, say, November until maybe May. People who come during those few months, those, those winter months, yeah. which is the best season here, uh, they're called snowbirds, yeah. and they usually, almost all of them, come from the northeast or or from the midwest. Yeah. They're part of the community, but they're part of the community for half of the year. Yeah. So in the summer months, which we've enjoyed being here in the summer months, because you can reserve a table easily at the best restaurants, and it is noticeably quiet, there are still people here, there are still events, but I would say there's probably about a third of the people. So I would say about two-thirds are here, for, oh, okay. for six yeah. months or yeah. less, and yeah. and and a, a third are here pretty much all year. Is it significantly different in terms of activities like parades? I think they do have parades and things in the summer months, but they're much rarer. Yeah. Uh, but they still have a lot of events. They still have a lot of public music events yeah. and those type of things in the summer. 
a, a very pleasant spot. And I, I understand, Julian, you're thinking of putting down permanent routes here. Yeah. Well, yes, that's our plan. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, we like travelling, so yeah. I think we will become a form of snowbird where we will travel half of the year and then we'll be here for the rest of the half of the year. So I think that's our, our long-term plan. We haven't taken you there, but there's a nearby city called Sarasota, which is a you know absolutely gorgeous city as well. They, they have a much more thriving art scene there. They've got a you know fantastic uh, the Ringling, uh, which are the, from the circus fame. Oh, okay. uh, they have a that's a fantastic art gallery, and there's uh, their former uh, house is uh, is worth a visit as well. And there's some botanical gardens, and a whole range of things there. And then I think as we've talked on previous episodes. The Atlanta Braves spring break baseball stadium is in Venice. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we like going to that. There are other sporting things as well. We like going to the polo. And Venice also has a show jumping venue as well with uh, regular Friday night. Uh, doesn't start until January, okay. but that's, uh, those are things we, we, we like to do. How would you rate Venice then? Before we go to the rating, mm. the other thing we should, we should say, the, an observation again. I'm sure listeners will, will be thinking, given wasn't this a place that experienced not so long ago Hurricane Ian? Yes. Ian. Um, mm. So, actually, in, in Venice, not a lot of damage other than the, the main theatre. Yeah, the main theatre was blown down. Well, there was a lot of damage, but the damage has been repaired yeah, now. Yeah, good. Whereas when we went to carry the boat and we were going to... We were going down to Placida. Yeah. Yeah. Significantly more amount of damage, and, yeah, I, and seeing lots of, uh, sort of debris by the side of the road, still not yet. We we had all yeah. of that. I think there's a slight difference in wealth levels between the yeah. two communities, and um, obviously they they had a heavier hit than we did. But I think they are there are a number of poorer communities yeah. there, and so it may well be that they're waiting for FEMA money to come through to repair because there were a lot of. Houses without roofs and so forth, probably waiting for that FEMA yeah. money in order to rebuild. Whereas here, it's people would have the money and they could do that yeah. and they could get their insurance money at a later. So you, you wouldn't really know there had been a significant hurricane. Not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. really. I mean, and that was true even a couple of weeks after the event because people were very quick at returning their community. So a score, um, yes. uh, using the now. I think I'm going to say, well, of course. Uh, we're very fortunate. We're here after a short period of time. Yes. Uh, we've got excellent hosts, new okay. owners. So I am going to give it so far a five out of five. Oh. But if you're a visitor coming here, and given what we've already said about it's not easy to stay here, no. um, then maybe for the visitor it would be, I don't know, a three out of five, so to speak. Because it's, yeah. it's very nice, and it's certainly a place you should come and have a look around. Mm-hmm. But whether you'd want to stay a month, I don't know. Yeah, so for me, I would give it, because it's difficult here, I, I completely agree with your comments, you know, because most of the people who listen to our podcast are thinking about places to go, are going to be there for a few days, yeah. maybe a week. And I think there are better places to go. And I would strongly recommend to people a community called Anna Maria Island. It was where we used to go on vacation and where we thought we were going to settle down, you know, when we got yeah. older. Now there, they don't have the one month minimum rental. Yeah. So what's happened to that community is that all of the houses have been bought by developers and they've been turned into vacation lets for one week. Yeah. So the whole of the community, pretty much, I mean, there are some people who are hanging on who are long term residents there, but 
almost everyone who is there is there for just one week. Yeah. So there is no community feel to it. You don't want to be living in somewhere where that, which is basically a holiday. But it, I, so I would strongly recommend, uh, Anna Maria Island. I would give that a five out of five. And I think that's an outstanding place to have a Florida beach, uh, community. The beaches are, are way better than the ones down here. Purest white sand. Uh, restaurants are fantastic. It's got a really great beach vibe. I would go there as opposed to Venice. So, Michael, second topic is high school football. And you went to your first high school football match on Friday. What did you make of it? Well, uh, we, we should set the scene mm-hmm. because the match was between the Venice Indians mm-hmm. and the Bobcats from Gainesville. Yes, yeah. Buchholz High School. Buchholz yeah. High School, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and one of the things I quite like is the, the names they call themselves, Bobcats versus the Indians. It was like one of those experiences, I'm going to relate it to one of um, a film we both shared. It was a little bit like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know how right. you see marching bands right. and, and, and how the television portrays or the, certainly films portray high school football. It was exactly like that. Mm-hmm. So you did have marching bands mm-hmm. you know, and competing marching bands right. between the two. And you did have cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a true sense of occasion. Yes, it was a semi-final mm-hmm. um, for the regional state cup or whatever. No, the um, reg- uh, it was the state state championship. State, state championship. Mm-hmm. So, so and, that's, and that's the whole of Florida, is it? Yes, the whole of Florida. Because yeah. when I went looking to the research, I noticed there was there were lots of teams playing. Yes, yeah, so in, but in Michael's view, semi-finals can only be four teams. Can't right. it? So two what games. they do is they divide high schools by size of high school. Right. And so Venice is, has a very large high school, you know, around about two thousand students. So they play other high schools of a similar size. Right. And so a high school maybe of. 1200 they would be in a different league because obviously all things being equal a high school with 2000 versus a high school with 200 people there's going to be no competition yep. between so they yep. divide uh, into four leagues yeah so you know very big big medium and small uh, and so venice are, are playing against all of the other very big high schools yep. in the state so and the other thing then is that those who listeners who follow the nfl it was very like the NFL. So mm-hmm. you know, you you've got your offensive team, your defensive team, you've got your special team. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you've got you know, all the, the professional of, referees. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and obviously coaches with all the headsets on, right. and and physios and medical. The, the good news is the game um, time is, is much more fluid. Yes. There isn't there isn't, there isn't the breaks you get on on watching NFL football because there's no. TV advertising. They, they do take breaks, they take a water break and they have timeouts, but it did seem more continuous, you know, so right. end to end. And that's one of the things I really like about it. You know, if you go to see an NFL game when you're in the US, then they're going to take the best part of four hours. Yeah. And it's, it's only an hour of football, because, yeah. uh, you know, for lots of 15 minutes, but the rest of the time is the breaks between the plays and the advert breaks. And it is, it's a lengthy experience and I don't enjoy that. Whereas at a high school game, we're often through the first half in 45 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. good. It, it might be. As obviously, I'm certainly not a seasoned observer, so, but I thought the standard was exceptionally high. Yes. Um, there, yeah, there so more... these are 17 and 18 year olds, yeah. aren't they, who are playing football? Yeah. But 
probably more running plays than what I call the the quarterback throwing the, the, the ball Passing, out in the yeah. NFL, mm-hmm. but that to be expected. But the standard for Senny, when you looked at some of the quarterbacks, some of the running backs, they they were very high standard and very quick over a short period of time. Yes, yeah. I was looking at their stats actually this morning. Most of those quarterbacks and running backs, their 100 metre time was 10 point something seconds, yeah. which is... Quick. World records, 9 point... Yeah. Eight or something, yeah. isn't it? I yeah. mean, not only they're quick, they're also very wily. They're yeah. twisting and all sorts of things to evade the tackles. Initially, we felt very sorry for the opposition because the Indians quickly raced into three touchdowns leads and it looked like it was going to be amazingly one-sided. Mm-hmm. But the Bobcats scored just before the half-time break and then remarkably actually leveled the game at four touchdowns apiece yes. before the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much, obviously, to the relief of the home crowd, the Bobcats then regalvanized themselves and ran out comfortable wins at the end. But yeah. the result was it certainly in doubt until the last sort of five minutes or so. And, and of course, the other thing you have to recognise around American football is the way they manage the time to create excitement or to try try to manage the game. So when you get very near the end, certain plays are going to be made and reflect the, the scores at the time. So yes. it's not like football where you don't get that sort of... Um, What's the word? Intensity, I don't think. You know, it's, whereas in American football, it's stage managed for exciting finishes, I think. Yeah, well, it's very strategic, I think, football. While there are only 11 on the field at any one time, I know the commentator called us the 12th man, but the real 12th man is the coach. They're the person who is directing what should happen. And there was a very key play by the coach, John Peacock, Bennis had used two timeouts and then he called a timeout just after the Bobcats had, had scored and they were within one score of, uh, uh, of, of the Venice Indians. And he called a timeout and there was much disquiet in the yeah, crowd. Yeah. Why would you call a timeout? And he had realised that what the other team were going to do, instead of kicking the ball long, they were going to kick the ball short, hope that there was a, uh, somebody who dropped the ball and then regain the ball in order to, to score. And he called a timeout. He collected the person who was going to be the, the kick returner and moved them up the front. And as it happens, one of the Venice boys did fumble the ball. Yeah. Uh, and it was caught by the person who was the, who the coach had placed that. Fair play to the coach. He actually, I think he won that game with that, uh, with yeah. that timeout. Had it been fumbled and picked up by the other side, they could well have scored and we would be into overtime. Yeah. Great play by, by that. So, so will you be going to see them play the Lakeland Dreadnoughts in um, Tampa? Uh, no, it's not in Tampa. If it was in Tampa, we would definitely okay. go. It's in Fort Lauderdale uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And I don't know whether we're going to go. I think it will depend on what Dalton number two thinks because she'll be down by them. So, so a couple so. of things I've, I've found out. So one is, uh, according to Wikipedia that there's a, a declining participation rate in American football. Yes. High school. So like 9%, and that's due to the number of injuries that they... Well, sustain. the main thing is is concussion. Yeah. Don't think you saw the film Concussion, did you, no, with Will Smith? Yeah. Can I recommend the film to you and to listeners? I think it's a great film. It's a true story, and it's about a Nigerian doctor who is concerned about the level of concussion which is happening in uh, in football. There were a series of very high-profile ex-NFL players who were basically 
completely damaged and suffering, yeah. you know, significant mental health issues. When he raised that with the NFL, they just ignored it. Yeah. And, and until, of course, it was impossible to ignore further. And I think the fact that the NFL kind of brushed it onto the carpet, and to, to an extent still do, there have been a number of mothers who will do anything for their son not to play football because they see the danger for them. Now there are some the concussion protocols. I mean, football here is by far the most popular sport, but I think there are some uh, that that there there are that you know you said nine percent reduction. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that that would strike a chord with me. I certainly know lots of my, the fathers not so concerned. They want their son yeah. to to be good at football, to have the the high school and yeah. college career that they didn't have. But the mothers, if they're son expresses an interest in something else, they're very keen on uh, encouraging that. And, and it's not dissimilar to rugby union right. in the UK because uh, there's a huge movement around the growing number of relatively recent players who are showing signs of dementia. And I can't remember his name, but England's winning uh, hooker in the World Cup when they beat Australia. Which is okay. Where, uh, um, Le- Leonard? No, not Leonard. He was no. one of the props. But, but oh, yeah, um, you're right, yeah. he now says he can't remember that game. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and certainly uh, they don't have the same level of protection they have in American football. But what we've seen with the advent of professionalism are, dare I say it, very, very fit but heavy athletes in lots of physical combat and consequently lots of concussion cases. And we're now living the consequence of that. You know, rugby union, the, the, the front line come together yeah. very hard. And that, I think, is a concussion risk. And it's the same concussion yeah. risk that the linebackers get in football yeah. as they clash very hard against each other at each yeah. play. And I'm glad you pulled the two together because, by the way, I, I was shocked, shocked to understand when we, we talk about American football, yes, don't yeah. we? Uh, it was started in the University of Toronto back in 1861. What, American football? Yeah, the University of Toronto, according to Wikipedia. When it migrated into the States in yeah. 1871, in Harvard, they adopted the original rugby union rules. So that's where it came from. But I didn't appreciate that the actual American football was started by the Canadians. Yes, I didn't know that, actually. According um, to opinion. But I did know that the first kind of form of the game started at college. Yeah. So, so anything else you liked about the game? I didn't like the cowbells behind me all evening. No, no, no. But, but I did. Well, they hid them, don't we? We sat down. There weren't that many places left by the time we got yeah. there, even though we were early. We sat down, and they had hidden their cowboy bounce. Uh, By the time we'd sat down, we were there a bit, then the game is about to start, and then they suddenly uh, weigh these cowbells. Yeah, that's right. But, but, but a very loud crowd, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, so how many people there? I think it holds 6,000, yeah. but the, the away end wasn't completely full because the other side came from Gainesville, which is two and a half hours away. So I'd say there were probably about 5,000. But, but, I mean, it, yeah. it was well supported. Going back to my... Um, Sense of community. You could see it was a, a place that brought the the the, the town together. Yes. actually, it's a city, isn't it, Venice? Well, yeah, every, yeah. It, but really no, town, yeah, yeah, everything's a city here, though. It's, yeah. it's really kind of a large town. So, so, so I like I like the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. The queue at half time for the dogs and the yeah. uh, and the chips was that was relatively small. Uh, yeah, um, someone who likes sport. The way to spend a Friday evening, it was great. Yeah, it. we 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 go every Friday if if they're playing at home. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but so- it's a bit unusual, I think, for UK visitors to or UK people to understand because 
you you would never get that level of participation no. in 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 a what we'd call a, a secondary school. Yeah, yeah, no. you know, I mean, one secondary school plays another one, and you've got twenty people there, haven't yeah. you? It's, you, I, you don't have thousands yeah. of people, and in Texas, yeah. football is a is a religion in Texas. Yeah. I mean, not not that they need another religion, but they, <laughs> they it's really a religion yeah. there. They are regularly getting fifteen, twenty thousand yeah. for the some of their big highs. Well, the the biggest uh, fifty thousand is the biggest one. Well, there's one. There's a Spokane said twenty eight thousand in Washington was a stadium, which I presume is a high school stadium as opposed to ah, uh, yeah, yeah, the biggest, the biggest ever high school game was uh, fifty thousand, um, which is yeah. which was played at a, an NFL stadium. Yeah, yeah. They they held the state champions there, yeah. the championships there. But, but what I like about it, notwithstanding the football itself. But there is this how the level of participation from various different groups. So, mm-hmm. so it wasn't just focusing on the footballers. Yeah. You have got, you know, I'm going to say the band playing, the cheerleaders. You can sense that if you wanted to be part of it, even if you weren't keen on football, there was a way for you to be part of it. And I thought that worked really well. Most of the high school students participate in the game in a very different way. So when my children were at high school, they like football, but they haven't always liked football. And, you know, when they were young, they would go to the game, but they would just hang out with their mates, yeah. you know, under the stadium or, you know, yeah. by the side or something. So one of the things I like about the um, high school football is this it's an assault on your senses. There's so much to see. You know, there's the game itself, which if you like the game, that's yeah. interesting. There's the huge number of players on the sideline, the rest yeah. of the roster. Yeah. Usually got somebody receiving treatment yeah. or you've got you know, somebody practicing their skill. You've then got the cheerleaders from yeah. both sides. You've got the video screen showing yeah. the recent plays or showing some sort of uh, advert. You've got the two bands, which are playing yeah. pretty much all the time. You've got the band performance at half time. You've got your fellow crowd members. Yeah. And these fellow crowd members were into the game, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, they mean, were. We had an excellent announcer, <laughs> didn't we? I mean, he was... Um, I can't say he was um, neutral. No, no. And, and, and um, I think if I was a Bobcat player, if, if the revival was sparked with anything, it was him keep telling them they'd scored nothing. Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, and I'm going to give a shout-out to the Bobcats band. I mean, beautifully choreographed. I mean, right. we sat opposite, didn't we? Their ability to, to play music that reflected where the team were at that moment right. in time yeah. was really, really good. Yeah. yeah, but there's so many things for you to see as you're watching. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like it. Like you, I like the high quality nature of the yeah, game. Yeah. The best of these players uh, have already committed to their to their mm. university side, and some of those players, three or four of those players, have a good chance of becoming NFL players. I okay. would say. So you know there is a high quality. Yeah. It is obviously less strong than the NFL. It's less strong than college, but it's uh, it's it's still a very high quality. And I know you like college football, so 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 I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and certainly, I'm going to say my one experience of a line, live NFL game was okay, but I wouldn't say it was great. A, because it wasn't very competitive. Yeah. But B, the point you made earlier, it just goes on for a long time. Right. And and certainly, when you're live, um, you're obviously not seeing the TV ads. There's lots of stop starting, and therefore... Venice had a, a game earlier this season against a very highly ranked uh, side from Baltimore, an excellent side. And that was live on ESPN, which yeah. is the kind of Sky Sports in yeah. the US. That was filmed and they had all the gantries. And yeah. I didn't enjoy that game because there were so many stops for yeah. the, and, and, and they just, everything stopped on the field. 
It's why I don't yeah. go and see NFL football. So, so I've not seen a college game yet. So, mm-hmm. um, and you should do because it's fantastic. But I'm assuming most of those are televised, so they will be. All of them are televised. So, so they're going to be longer than the the, the beauty of, of Friday night was. It's almost continuous end to end action. The other reason I like it is I think sport is very important to have meaning in the sporting contest. You know, we've all been to sporting events which have no meaning, haven't we? Where it doesn't matter who wins yeah. or loses. While they can be okay, they're never great. If you have something where both sides really, really want to win, that makes for a better sporting event. There's only 10 games in the regular season, I think. Um, and then, you know, we're in the playoffs. So, you know, on Friday night, it was, it was the end of the season for one team or the other, wasn't it? And the other yeah. team got to the final. So it really mattered to both sides who won the game. So if there's 10 games in the regular season, yeah. so what's the playoff situation? You play to win your region, right? and then uh, you play a side from another region. Okay. So we were playing a side from another region, and now there are only two two sides left. Okay. But does it therefore mean there are meaningless games of, if it, only one side's going from the particular region... So the other nine sides... They've stopped playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've stopped playing. So yeah. a lot of people, their season ended yeah. at the end of November. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there was no more football for them. It meant a lot. And you could tell that from yeah. the crowd. Yeah. They were... Yeah. Atmosphere was very, very lively. And that contrasts with baseball, which is 160 yeah. games yeah. per season. It contrasts... That did, did you see any of that one day international series in Australia? After no, the World no, Cup? no, no. Well, no one else did. No, 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 I mean, no. it, ridiculous. I yeah. mean... Complete waste of time yeah. playing those uh, those games. And basketball's the same. It's a basketball, yeah. Half the sides in basketball, uh, you know, get to the playoffs. So, yeah. well, they also play for a lot. I mean, how many games? Are they oh, it's an awful. Yeah, it, yeah. It's it, and it, uh, I mean, I like basketball. They're they're incredibly athletic, but it doesn't get exciting until there's peril. Until you yeah. might, yeah. Until you might lose. I like the fact it's a warm evening. I like sitting yeah. there in my shorts and enjoying, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. The warmth. I'm assuming that wouldn't be the same experience if you were watching in Wisconsin in the college. Yeah, so in Wisconsin you will be you will be dressed up. But yeah. you know, where I live I like the fact that it's you know, it's a warm evening and I like some of the periphery, you know, obviously if you're a senior, so in your last year of high school, this is your last season and that was the last night yeah. for many of those seniors to play football at their home stadium. Right. And I like the, the way that they had pictures of the senior people in the band and the cheerleaders, yeah. and they had the big posters out, huge posters, yeah. celebrating their time at the school. You know, I, I, I enjoy that. Can I talk to you a little bit about uh, the name, the uh, some of the controversies? Of course you can. The names Indians being one of them. Yeah, so big controversy recently. British listeners probably are not aware, but um, Disney have found themselves, you know, with a political conundrum in trying to represent views of, um, of the progressive left and uh, falling foul with the state of Florida. Florida passed a bill which made it uh, illegal to uh, talk about sex education before the age of eight, I think, and talk about gay and trans uh, people. The Democrats labelled this as don't say gay bill, which it wasn't, but that's how they labelled it. And Disney came down very firmly on the, you know, we oppose this legislation. The Florida legislature didn't like that at all. They took a number of rights away from Disney that they previously had. So previously, basically, policed their own parks and they provided their own utilities. Well, that's not going to be true in the future. 
and they gave them, I think, some favourable tax rates, and they hinted that those favourable tax rates would go away. So there's this big dispute between the Republicans who, you know, who run the state of Florida and Disney. Uh, the Disney CEO a couple of weeks ago was ceremonially uh, replaced by a former CEO, and the new CEO has come in saying Disney is no longer going to get involved in politics. Another way that Disney had got involved in politics is they had booked the band from the, the Venice football side to play at Disney. The fact that they were called the Indians, they said, you, you have to change your name in order to play here. Right. There have been a, a, a number of sides which have changed their names. Uh, we talked about Cleveland a few weeks ago. Uh, Washington Redskins yeah. changed their names. Uh, and they're putting pressure on other sides with Indian names to change their names to something non-Indian. I, I don't agree with that myself. Yeah, so that's one controversy. There was another controversy. So the, the coach of Venice High School, a guy called John Peacock, who's been coached for 19 years, this summer, one of his team made a joke about an opposing coach. The joke was something which made fun of his excessive use of, um, of, of spray tan. And the coach liked the tweet. It turned out that the other coach was mixed race, which was something I don't think either of them knew. And there was this massive furore, and Venice High School fired the coach. And then there was even more sort of political battle, and then they reappointed the coach. So the coach did have a little bit of the of the summer off during a period when he was fired. So it kind of shows that politics is uh, never too far from the surface of uh, of lots of things within the US. And I, I suppose. Because um, we, I think we said previously, we've we've seen a similar thing with the rugby union in the UK with Exeter, Exeter Jeeves. Yes. So, so my view would be, in the, their case, there there is no connection with the Indian nation whatsoever. Picking the name Chiefs was probably something they should have thought about at the time. Now, I'm assuming that in certain states there where there is a, a significant Indian population, then there might be an affinity. And I'm I'm trying to draw the parallel in that. Um, if you know Derby and Sport Derby, the reason why they have the Rams is the Rams was the regimental mascot right. of the Derbyshire Regiment. Right. Right. So there was some sort of logic behind why we well, did it. Half of the US states, over half of the US yeah. states, are named after Indian words. Yeah. If we're going to say we're going to eradicate anything yeah. with an Indian, then you'd have to change the names of half yeah. the states. I completely agree with changing the name of the Redskins because it's insulting. I think the logical extent of changing everything with an Indian name is you eradicate Native Americans from the culture. And I think that's a bad idea. I think people should be reminded that they were here first and that the colonizers came over and they took their land. And I think part of that is to have Indian names and behavior and, and traditions within the culture. So it's reminded that this originally, there were native inhabitants here when the colonials came. So that's my view. Completely agree with getting rid of offensive names, but I don't know that having the Atlanta Braves is offensive. I don't personally believe that. I know there are people who think it's mm. offensive. I don't see that as offensive. Yeah. It's an accolade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the people with strong beliefs on both sides, they will use anything to argue their point you know yeah. including things which you know which are popular in society like sport i did a bit of research this morning on some of the players i have to say the bobcats quarterback 
He was magnificent in yeah. the second half, yeah. wasn't he? He was great. And from starting from a very dip, the first two or three plays where we clearly went against him, skillfully picked up his game, didn't he? Because I, I was fearful that after sort of 15 minutes or 10, 10 minutes of the first half, this was going to be a 60, 70 nil drubbing. You know, they had yeah, the ball. I didn't think that. Yeah, I yeah, always thought yeah. it was going to be close because they yeah. basically, the Bobcats made a couple of plays which went against them, yeah. you know, which can happen. Yeah. You know, one of them was very skillfully intercepted by uh, Washington. They did had a couple of bits of bad luck, but in the second half, oh, yeah, he, he was he was just tremendous. Yes. And I noted that he he's going to Mississippi State next year. If they could eradicate his mistakes, he could be a very good player. He may not continue playing as a quarterback because he was he was a fantastic runner wasn't yeah, he? he was he could well be a great wide receiver they had a wide receiver who was kept very quiet by one of the you know venice defenders jaron Ham- hamilton uh, and he will be at alabama next year he looked uh you know a first class player although he was marked yeah. i think by venice's best player as well washington Elliot washington 10.6 and 100 meters yeah. that's oh. seriously quick and then uh, heads out to the Venice quarterback, who I don't think he's a great player. I, I did think he had a very good game. And uh, scored the defining touchdown. He scored the yeah. defining yeah. touchdown. Yeah. And he's, you know, while he may not be the most, the world's most exciting quarterback, he doesn't give many balls away. You know, there aren't many balls which are intercepted. He's, uh, you know, he's careful in his distribution. And, and, and what we, you should say is he... The, the defining touchdown was him making the break. Yeah, and it was and, a long break. It was, was uh, a yeah. you know, 50-yard run, wasn't yeah, it? So it's no slouch. No slouch. Yeah, yeah. No, no slouch. Great game. So would you go again to American, uh, to, to a high school football I, game? I certainly would. I yeah. certainly would. But if you want to experience uh, Americans at play, yeah. go and watch baseball. Now, I'm going to say, no, go and watch uh, high, school high school football. football. Because, because it is a... Even if the match was terrible, I think that there would be lots for you to, to look and, you know, to, to amuse and entertain. If you don't understand anything about the game, you can just observe the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you going next in the US? We're going to Key West. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go via the um, catamaran service. Okay. So, so we boat down there, about two and a half hours, mm-hmm. and then spend a few days you know, sightseeing and relaxing before driving back to Miami to fly back over to London. Excellent. Well, can I recommend the podcast where we talked about Key West? We certainly can. things for you to do. Uh, it's a fantastic place, Key West. So uh, you're going to have a great time uh, amongst the chickens and the, you know, the various different bits of wildlife on, on essentially that Caribbean island. So, yeah, and you've set the bar very high being in Venice, Julian. So yeah. I'm try- interested to see how Key West does. Oh, I think you'll have a great time. So, uh, before we move on to uh, telling our listeners what's co- upcoming in episode 43, um, shall we look at a couple of reviews we've had? Yes. So, the first the first one um, from, oh, was this from Julian? It doesn't give him his name. It said, I don't know. You're, you're the one with the reviewer in front of you. Well, it doesn't Mike. give me the name, but it says, really fun podcast. Two Brits podcast regularly about American culture, news, places to visit, informative, funny and sometimes thought-provoking, Julian. Sometimes. <laughs> okay. now, Maybe not too often. <laughs> now, the second one, I, have, I do have a name, I Horse 2. 
I'm who, horse too. Yeah. Who, and, what and, were the parents thinking? The, the clue is, this is a retired Brit living in the UK, US married to American. My husband worked in Texas, so much of his life visiting the US as a family and three kids. We've travelled much of America, actually saying probably more than most Americans. Yeah. They finished their 760 plus back catalogue of This American Life. That's his all-time favourite podcast, Julia, so I'll need to check okay. that one out. So, um, it's not her I'd favorite. like to say I've never heard of it, but I yeah. have. It's a great podcast. It is. And, and, mm-hmm. and she, so she asked her husband for recommendations, and he mentioned that someone he used to play bridge with, Julian, had written a really good book and was now doing a podcast with, with Michael Moran. So, guys, okay. you're now entertaining me every morning whilst... I muck out the horses. Oh, That's clearly the connection. I wonder who that to. was, who I um, used to play bridge with. That's I'm excellent. loving the company. Lots of nostalgia. It sparked a flame to go back and visit again. Um, although she did say she wouldn't go to an American sports game. So I hope, once you listen to this episode, that we'll get you into high school football. Yeah. Um, but most surprised, uh, most of your audience is American. As a whole of your flavour of the podcast is very British. I personally enjoy small-town America rather than big-city America. Yeah. Something I think we agree with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nothing well, beats... I, I like big-city as well, but they are completely different. Yeah. And nothing beats an American road trip, which, of course, is what I'm going to be doing as I drive back from the Keys to Miami. Very good. So thank you very much, I Horse 2. Very good. Always welcome reviews, favourable or otherwise. We yeah. welcome suggestions as to what we are doing next. And talking about what we're doing next, in um, episode 43, you're going to be interviewing a gentleman called Melvin Anderson, who's actually leaving the States. Yes. Tell me more, Julian. Well, I thought it was a different angle. So yeah. somebody who's been in the States a while, leaving, going yeah. to do something else, I'd like to understand his reflections. So in okay. a slightly different angle. How long has he been in the States? A decade or more. Where's he going to? He's going to Spain. Okay. And he's an interesting character. It'll either be one of the best episodes we've done or extremely strange. Well, he's got a lot to make up to <laughs> because Mr. Gosnian's train still, in my yeah. view, is one of our highlights. So yeah. it's time for us to say farewell, Julian, isn't it? Yeah, So it is. it's farewell from me and it's... And it's farewell from him. 